Hello and welcome to the next episode of The Podcast, a cannabis podcast for budding enthusiasts. This episode, as always, was brought to you by our amazing sponsors, CTA Now. Guarantee not just on germination, also on satisfaction. Hit them up, best in the game, best breeders. We love them, you'll love them. Go check it out. Likewise, go check out our friends at Radio Ridge Nursery for all the best cuts in the game. Exclusive breeder cuts you can't get anywhere else. Why waste your time pheno hunting? Just kidding, you should do pheno hunting, but if you can't, go check out their cuts. Big, big shout out to our friends at Organic Gardening Solutions, Top Shelf Seed Bank, and of course, Dragonfly Earth Medicine. As always, guys, if you want to help support the show, go check out the Patreon. Lots of additional content on there for you to check out. Episode, we are extremely grateful to have NorCal IC Mag here to lay down the history, talk about some modern strains and what he's up to. Let's get into it. Alrighty, so a big thank you and welcome to the one and only the forum legend himself, NorCal IC Mag. Thanks so much for joining us today. For sure. Thanks for having me, Doug. As always, I want to know, what are you smoking on, my friend? Uh, like uh, pr- Pretty much right now, the, the newest thing is going to be the OG KBX2, and then I'm waiting on these uh, these new Apple Fritter Crosses to come out. Uh, but, I mean, they're, they're still a little ways away. But uh, the OG KBX2 is, is basically um, the OG KB Cross to a blueberry headband. And so, uh, like, it's, I mean, it's, I definitely like it. It has a lot more vigor and it's, uh, it's, it's, it's not as stony as the OG KB, the original one, but it's, uh, it's, 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 you know, it's definitely like more of a, like a, a plant that you, you know, you'd rather grow than the OG KB because OG KB is kind of a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. I mean, just on a personal note, I'm curious, what's the flavor on that one like? Cause I hear a lot about it, but I've never been able to try it myself. Yeah, I mean, it, I literally just finished flowering it out, which is when I saw saw you, I think, at the Emerald Cup. Um, that was the first batch I had. Uh, I mean, there's still some dialing in to be done. Um, but, I mean, it's a very, like, blueberry dominant. And so I, I kind of want to further, like, work the line. But uh, it's just um, it's just a matter of getting the time to do it. But uh, me and Compound Genetics are actually uh, – I gave him the cut, so he's going to be crossing it. I want to say it's just, like, Jet Fuel Gelato or, uh, like, some of his males that he has. And so, you know, that's going to be very interesting to see as far as like, you know, that's um, like as far as what comes about from that. Yeah, for sure. I've seen some really nice stuff come from that jet fuel gelato, no questions. But just to divert back, you mentioned some apple fritter crosses. I'm always keen to hear about apple fritter. What can you tell me about it? Uh, I mean, it was just a cut that I got from my homies in LA. Um, I mean, it's definitely like, you know, it's, it's, it's a... Apple fritters, it's it's a very nice cut. I, I like it a lot. You know, I just happened across it because I hit it with like some pollen that I got from my homie, um, like always be flowering genetics, and then uh, like also my like um, I had some purple pollen as well um, from like CSI like Humboldt. Basically, he he I had some males from one of the breedings that he did, and um, and you know like I I utilized that pollen. Uh, so it's kind of like it was like an open pollination, and so um, it's 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 going to be interesting to see what comes out of that. Right now, I'm like I'm sexing all those seeds like right now. So 
That's cool. And are you looking to preserve the apple flavor? Because I often hear people debate about whether the apple flavor really even is apple. Like it's kind of a roundabout, but it's not super on. Do you want to keep that or refine it or what's your plan? Uh, I mean, I'd like to cross it. I have some blueberry F7s from DJ Short that I like once I get a chance to have like a little bit of time to, uh, to you know, fully like focus myself on that on that work. Um, I'll you know I'll, I'll crack them and germinate them and and then utilize the, those for to cross to that and see where we get you know. So, so um, you know, um, besides that, also I want to hit it to back to the OGKB as well. Uh, you know, so we'll see where it all where it all ends up at. But for the meantime, they're all just kind of in the vault as far as this, uh, holding on to them the, the, those seeds. Man, that's cool. I'm definitely keen to see what pans out with that. And I've got to ask the question, do you have any kind of fond memories of any of the older DJ short work? Like, you know, everyone like has one thing where like, you know, I used to get this really good flow or I used to get this really good blueberry. Do you have one of those stories? Uh, I mean, it's I mean, the, the, the only time that I would have ever had access to like uh, DJ shorts genetics. Uh, uh, like I never bought any like, uh, you know, like, um, from overseas when when we were buying stuff on on like seed bay or breed bay or whatever um but uh like it would have, it would have been in amsterdam i was in amsterdam in like 2006 they had like a couple different phenotypes of of like his blueberry there was a i think it's a lsd uh i i can't think about the strains off the top of my head to be honest with you. like if i actually have his book was it skywalker no, no, it wasn't like Skywalker came way after after all of that. Like it's there was an LSD. I want to say was was one of the strains he had. Uh, the original blueberry is one thing. Um, I think there there was a there was a few other ones that he was pretty well known for. Um, I like I said I have his book here, but um, I mean, well, actually, you know, so, somebody actually took the guy's book, so I don't have it with me. But it, the, the 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 strain names would be in there. But I remember going to like Barney's and uh, and and I think the the bulldog. In, uh, in Amsterdam, and they had a, they had a bunch of his stuff, but this is in 2006, so a lot of those lines have probably been reworked or um, or just are not even like around, like around anymore. So, yeah, yeah, and I know that he kind of stopped formally working with them, and then at that point, I think they started popping seeds to find new parents and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I mean now with like tissue culture uh, like being more prevalent, uh, it's, it's it's definitely a lot easier to preserve like genetics for like longer periods of time, but. I mean, it's really hard to keep a plant alive for, you know, like I said, like 15, 20 years. So. Yeah, okay. Well, I love to ask people this question. What's the oldest clone that you're aware of? Uh, oh, man. Honestly, like to me, like me still having the OG KB is pretty like um, it's pretty <laughs> impressive to me just because like that plant is um, like when I got those, when I got that strain, it was, it was it was butchered. Um, it was in very bad condition. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's very interesting to see how, like, you know, how, like how it does now, like it's pretty healthy, but I've actually had it tissue cultured by my homie, um, at DSG labs. And, um, and like, you know, like he's pretty much trying to figure out like what the issues that it actually had, because I mean, we went through like Fusarium and all sorts of stuff. So the fact that it's still even, um, like has, has any vigor, uh, it, it's, it's, you know, kind of, kind of impressive in a sense but beyond that um i it's man like i, I like it's hard, it's hard to put a you know to, to 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 basically tell you a strain that's been around for so long i mean there's like most most stuff has been lost and you know and and um unless they, they they backed everything up by seed or 
whatever. But other than that, like most times, like back in the days that they didn't do it like, you know, any of that. So, I mean, even like if people tell you that they have a certain strain nowadays, like if someone were to be like, like they have uh, like train wreck or something, I mean, more than likely I would, I, I would probably, um, I wouldn't say I wouldn't believe them, but it's just more of, I think it's just more of that terpene profile and, um, and you know, like that's, you know, that, that's more of like where they would classify it as far as like, uh, in a train wreck profile. Uh, but you know, um, it's, yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's at this, at this, at, at this point and, um, you know, like down the road, it's, uh, keeping a, a plant alive for that long, like train wreck was from like, you know, I mean, I remember hearing about that in the nineties. Uh, it's, 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 it's going to be pretty impressive to find someone that actually has like access to those genetics still. Yeah, of course. Shout out to the people who have that one. I, I've met a few who I think do, but I get what you mean where like that profile became representative of the strain in a way, didn't it? But let's jump back on track for just a second. I know everyone's keen to hear us talk about the OGKB because you just brought it up, but let's put that to the side for just a minute. What was your first experience with cannabis? I mean, it was like... Uh, I mean, I, I didn't. I didn't smoke weed until I basically I got out of uh, out of high school. I graduated and whatnot, and I was just I pretty much took like the semester off, and I didn't go to college or anything. And so I was just I would I was hanging out at my homie's house, and um and you know uh, we we pretty much we used to like literally just throw down on like a dub every day and and a forty and uh, go to his house and just chill. And his parents were cool as fuck. Uh, unfortunately, like my homie's not with us anymore, but um you know it was like we had like a tight little crew. And, uh, like that was like our daily ritual. And that's when I started smoking weed. And then pretty much I got into selling weed as a result of all that, because I figured it would be cheaper to just, you know, grab, you know, grab, a grab more, like, you know, like a larger amount, like grab more quantity. And, uh, and, and it was cause we were paying like back then we were paying 20 bucks for a fucking, for a dub, which is like, it's kind of like unheard of nowadays. Yeah. Okay. And so do you remember any of like the notable name strains of that time? Uh, I mean, back then people, I mean, people were just throwing names on whatever there was like juicy fruit. I know there was M 39. Um, uh, they, I mean, a lot, a lot of the stuff was coming from, from, you know, from British Columbia, from, from, uh, from, from, you know, from Canada. So it, um, like I said, like, like juicy fruit M 39, um, critical mass. I, I want to say, uh, like, you know, like just very commercialized strains at this point that people normally like if you had it to this like this day, uh, you probably would not be able to get much money for it. <laughs> and did you have a soft spot for any of those looking back? Like kind of guilty soft spot? I mean, I mean, not necessarily. It's like like uh, it's I mean, a lot of that stuff is was really it was just like chemed out, you know, um, phospho loaded you know, like, uh, like product that was just coming from, like, like I said, BC, you know, more than likely, uh, like, um, the, the only stuff that was like, actually was more notable would be probably the outdoor that was coming out of like Mendocino and Humboldt. But, um, you know, like back then, a lot of the stuff that was hitting the streets was, was all going to be like Canada, like BC stuff. So, and it's, um, you know, like they were kind of like a lot of the times, like they were they, like, what was coming in was, stuff that was kind of bland in, in the, uh, in, in the, the sense of, uh, like, like a nose as far as like, like the smell. And it all kind of has to do with as far as like, uh, they didn't like when you're shipping large quantities of, of, uh, of anything, you're not going to want it to smell too bad. And, you know, so the, all the skunky varieties were pretty much coming out of like Mendo and Humboldt at the time. Um, 
but back then there was like I can't I can't say there was anything that that was that uh, memorable. <laughs> no, understandable, understandable. So I guess my question is: Did you have a eureka or like a light bulb moment with cannabis where it all kind of clicked for you and you realized this was something you wanted to dedicate yourself to, so to speak? Oh yeah, no. When I started growing, it was uh, it was like it was very like uh, eye opening in a sense where it just gave me a whole another respect for the actual plant and you know it's it's a like medical properties and how it can help people out and and you know like when I went to Amsterdam it was uh, in 2006 I went with like Eddie Lepp and and uh, we went there and I met like Ariane from Greenhouse Seeds and and like that's kind of when I was able to actually because we didn't like. The clubs here were very like minimal. I, I want to say it was medical at the time, and um, and it, it just there wasn't that as much of a variety. Like everything was coming from Amsterdam, actually, and there was a transitionary period where actually a lot of the stuff started coming from here, like from Northern California, and we started becoming the staple as far as like uh, being known as the the uh, like basically like the 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 sorry, my dog is tripping. Um, like uh like basically like uh, like like the that's a staple for like a lot of the good strains here and also like the like the the granddaddy when it came out or the urkel actually um that was one of the bigger like you know game changers and whatnot and after that i would say it was like the og and then and then uh and then and cookies you know so yeah of course it definitely fits with the general consensus that there was that paradigm shift and kind of a changing of the world's superpowers in regards to weed from, yeah, the Europeans to Americans. So, I guess, was there anything notable about that trip? What did you, what'd you make of Ari and when did you met him? I mean, it's pretty much... I mean, he was he was nice. He, he was cool, Like, but, uh, but I, it gave me a big... Um, like a big understanding as far as as uh, as far as like the game and how everything works, like as far as seed companies, because at like back then it was like if you were gonna grow, you couldn't go on Craigslist and get clones. I mean, like I, at at some point, um, like Dark Heart Nursery, they started like off on like on Craigslist, but back then, you know, you'd want to grow like the fire, and what you would consider the fire would be the Cannabis Cup winners, and so you'd open up like a like a High Times. And um and there would be lo and behold uh, greenhouse uh, seeds, and they you know they they would tout how many like cannabis cups they won, and whatever. And like when I actually went to Amsterdam, I realized like like uh, a lot of the Dutch genetics were inferior to what we have here in uh in actually like in California or in you know yeah in California basically because I was there and I was like I'm paying the euro was definitely um you know the do- the dollar was was definitely weaker than the euro and so to pay you know like whatever 18 20 euros for a gram uh and like to realize that it was actually not like it wasn't that good of weed it was very eye-opening to me you know yeah and that's a really pertinent issue we should talk about like people buying cups or rigging cups or however it is you know do you think that was something which was kind of limited to the European scene or do you think that that's happened and like what might be some examples of it elsewhere? Well, I mean, I, like I, I couldn't tell you to what extent it still exists, but I, I mean, I definitely know that um, uh, like I, like back in the days it definitely came off as uh, like, you know, Arion, um, he, you know, he, he, he would basically, he, I mean, they had so many cannabis cups and like, like I said, at the end of the day, when people are looking for, you know, they, they want to start growing, 
they're they, they're gonna they're gonna trust like high times as judgment and they're gonna you know think that whatever won the, the, the latest cannabis cup is gonna be you know the like the hot stuff and so um i mean even like like eddie lepp told me he's like every time that he wins like a cup it, it equates to literally like over a million dollars in seed sales and back then that was you know like it was you know quite a bit amount of money and um and so you know it's just a matter of buying advertising space in high times uh, there's no definitive evidence about all this but it's kind of like you can i mean you can put two and two together and you know realize that that's kind of what was going on so um you know yeah. like uh I, I mean i was there myself when i was kind of like oh damn like i want to when i started growing i wanted to grow the like we didn't have access to clones so i wanted to grow you know like the best weed ever and i assumed that it was pretty much whatever had won the cannabis cup that year and um and like that when i went to amsterdam it was kind of eye-opening as far as like uh that wasn't true of course of course so yeah tell us do you remember about your first grow what were you growing what was it like uh the the i want to say the strains that I, like what i was growing the the first ones that i did i was actually i was growing in my mom's in the, the closet of my mom's house and um and it was uh og kush i actually had gotten like some legit OG, like SFV OG. And uh, back then, like those pounds were going for, for like over $6,000. It's crazy. Like, and uh, I happened to meet one of my homies' homies, and he had these clones. And uh, I mean, they, it was legit OG cushion. So that's the first first strain I grew. And that was like, you know, one of the game changers as far as uh, where, where people were, like, like, I guess, transitioning more from like the fruity stuff to more of the gassy stuff. And, um, and you know, like, uh, like, like, yeah, I, I, grew that in my mom's closet and, and, uh, and it, I mean, it was, it was definitely, uh, it was, it was, it was pretty, you know, it was nice to, to have your own, my own smoke and whatnot. It was definitely better than most shit that I was getting on the streets. Wow. And did you realize kind of what a baseline you had? Because I often talk to growers and you realize very quickly that everything's so relative. It's like, what, what's your best could be shit for me. Did you realize at the time you just had the kill? I mean, I, I, I mean, no, I actually, I did not. Like, I was, I took, like, thinking about it this, like, uh, to this day, uh, like, it's actually, I, I'm very um, surprised that, you know, like, my homie, he was kind of known, he was more like a connoisseur and whatnot, but back then they were, like, connoisseurs were definitely, the, like, the minority within the, you know, the, uh, the industry and whatnot. And, uh, like, for to even be giving those clones, it's, uh, like, I'm very, I'm still surprised to this day that I actually got those cuts. It's kind of like, you know, uh, like to get like legit OG clones back then was um, you no normally you would get some shit like, you know, so somebody would just throw the OG name on it just to sell it to you, you know. So I was very, uh, you know, I was very grateful for that. But I, but yeah, it was it was legit. It was like SFV OG, and then we got the Larry after that, and um, and you know, like you know, even to this day, like it's, it's they're they're hard to come by, so. Yeah, Larry is like a personal favorite of mine, but it's also one I find hard to talk about because there's like that Lemon Larry and it's like most people don't know which one they're getting and whatnot. Have you tried both and which one do you prefer? I mean, the original one was, um, it was very like lime greenish and, and uh, like I, I, I would say like, yeah, lemony, but at, at this point, like nowadays, it's, I mean, it's, it's really hard to find those same exact genetics. Like, I mean, it's, uh, like I, I have not come across them um, ever, like since, you know. So it's kind of like even like um, like the Urkel. Like, you, like most, I mean, that it's a pretty hard, 
hard strain to come across nowadays, you know, like, um, especially once it got watered down with the granddaddy and, you know, people were trying to get more of a, like a, a yield out of it. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I like, yeah, I, you know, like I, I, the OG was, there was a reason why it was, it was a game changer. And at the time, it, like everything seemed to be like fruity and kind of blandish and, uh, OG was just like, like, uh, like gassy. So people, you know, people definitely took, you know, took to that. For sure. So, what was it like when you were then, you know, starting to progress in kind of your skills? You'd had a few harvests, you're getting more clones. How did you kind of develop? Uh, I mean, I like, like, I, I pretty much, I kept my closet at my mom's house rocking for, for a little while, uh, like probably like, a, like at least like a year, year and a half. Um, I mean, at that point too, I like the reality is like you didn't have to really grow that good of weed. Um, so you know, there was like a more of like a there was a higher margin of error, for, like for error. Um, you know, if, if, I mean, I had shit that when I was started to do seeds that had literally gotten seeded up and I, I was still getting rid of the pounds for like $4,000 just because there was so much shitty weed on, on the market. Um, you know, so back then it, it was, you know, like I definitely made a little bit, you know, a nice little chunk of change off, off of that two, there was like two 600s in the closet <laughs> and, um, and, and yeah, like it's like it, it was, uh, it was nice because everything else, like I said, was coming from more than likely Canada, and and it's it it was not it wasn't comparable to like what I was even growing when I was just starting off. So it was, for, and from then, like I got other spots, and you know, like saved my money up and whatever, and pretty much, you know, moved on to like growing more and more, uh, like basically like you know, get, getting more lights going and all that, you know, all that shit, getting a warehouse here in the city, and then um, you know, like I kind of regressed a little bit just because like the whole tech boom that came in into play um like the prices for for the rent on like the like the warehouses went like through the roof and whatnot so we went back to residential stuff and you know like that's um you know like that's pretty much where we're, where we're at now in a sense you know like that's uh like yeah i mean getting into the market here in california is pretty pretty expensive you know so that's kind of why i choose to do like more of my consulting and like like uh, dabble in like other states because it's just it's it's cheaper and easier to get into. Yeah, it's cutthroat in California. I want to jump back though just for a second to how you talked about getting an industrial space. I feel like this is a topic we don't really delve into a lot on the show. So I'm just wondering when you first did get your bigger space, no matter what like the context was. Were you quite anxious about it or were you just overwhelmingly excited? And what were kind of the factors that played into mind when you were selecting, say, strains for it? Were you just thinking, well, I've got to get a good return, so that's kind of the priority here? Or was it like you were able to kind of just grow whatever you wanted? That wasn't a consideration. Yeah, I mean, I mean, back then, it's, I mean, it's crazy because the market's completely, completely changed. Um, I mean, back then, I would, I mean, I was just buying like a, you know, strains from, from, uh, like seeds from, from, you know, Dutch genetics and whatnot on like breed bay and, and, uh, and like seed bay and whatnot. And I just, I, I just literally remember being up at like two, three in the morning to like get in on these auctions, um, you know, for like certain like strains, uh, like, like reservoir stuff. And, um, you know, back then, like, honestly, like it, um, it's, it, like the, the, the market, the way it was, it allowed me actually to, have a lot of my mistakes as far as like uh, like like messing shit up. Like I said, uh, as far as like missing males in in the room, and then like when you're like you know uh, when you're sorting through seeds and whatnot, and um, and like having a like a seeded crop and still like being able to sell it. Like nowadays, you wouldn't be able to to, to do that. So it was uh, but back then it was there was no 
there was no um i mean og kush was definitely like the probably like the the you know the top strain at, at the moment i just was never into like monocropping and that kind of i mean that's that's actually like my own like not i don't say issue but in a sense i just always was looking for something else and so i, I ran some of that i ran some of you know whatever whatever else was available but um you know like back then you could pretty much grow whatever and most of the time if you were growing like decently you would be doing better than whatever's coming was coming through like on the streets yeah for sure so correct me if i'm wrong but it sounds like probably the next big thing that really caught your eye after you were running the og was probably the first cookies right oh uh, i mean yeah like um i mean uh, og kind of like i mean it's it's still pretty pivotal as far as like like uh you know like within the market there's a huge market still for it people love like you know the gassiness of it um but yeah cookies you know there's a reason why cookies was a was a game changer as, as far as you know what like why it is so prominent at, like as it is today um and like yeah i mean it's like i said it's just a matter of like your market and what you have and you know um but like coming to see how like 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 you know like the first time i ever saw cookies and came across it, it, it was like there, I mean, people were passing off Bubba's as cookies. So I was like, a lot of people were showing me stuff and I was like, this just smells like Bubba, you know? And, um, and when I finally actually got a hold of the real deal cookies, I was like, oh, this is what everyone's talking about. But like I said, people were, you know, trying to pass off shit left and right as far as, you know, being cookies, like, like, especially Bubba's. Um, and like, it, you know, it wasn't, you know, to me, I was like, this just smells like Bubba. So when I finally got also a hold of like the actual you know real deal cookies it was i was like this is i understand why you know why it's a game changer at that point you know yeah so what was the first sample you got to try was it like forum was it like thin min do you have any idea i actually i couldn't tell you what it was i know that um like the like the the, the first packs were coming through from from like burner to like oh like basically og kush breath which is my homie um and like that was like even like like Frost Boss, uh, like he like I remember like you know I was selling them packs like they they like they had fucked up a bunch of those batches like there was a bunch of seeded packs that came through and we were still fucking selling them like like nothing and this is in I want to say like uh, like probably like 2010 ish 2009 which actually was like the the crash of the weed market in a sense where everyone kind of went balls to the wall and grew a bunch of weed and um the prices like plummeted like went through the floor and so uh, like you know like back then to be able to get rid of like seeded product and you know like people were li like lining up to buy cookies but it was also more of the fact that that uh it was only coming out of like the cookie fam little like their the circle and so there there's only so much to go around and um i mean luckily i i knew like like og kush breath was kind of tied in with all them so he was like showing me, you know, the, those packs, and I remember going to his house, and I was, I was like, yeah, like actually, this is like pretty fire, you know. And then when he told me the tickets, I was like, yeah, like I don't know if I can get rid of this sort of, you know, this stuff or this kind of a ticket, but you know, there's a certain market that definitely wanted it, and um, like I said, like Frost Boss and my other homie ABF and um, like Unknown Profit, they kind of had that uh, that market where people were actually like willing to pay for it. It was, you know, pretty crazy. So yeah, wow. So the, when you said those first couple ones came through with seeds, you mean that the first batches coming out of Cookie Fam when they were growing it, it was seeded with like S1s or whatever? 
Yeah, I mean, well, no, I mean, there was a, like a bunch of batches that came through that were fine, but then there were some that de like definitely were seated. And yeah. so, uh, you know, it was just kind of like, like beggars can't be choosers. If you want cookies, then you're, you know, you're going to have to fucking buy it. So, uh, and I like, I'd probably like attribute that to actually all the different phenotypes that we see um, today, just because like there was so many seeds. And if you were smart at the time, you would have, uh, you, you would have planted the seeds. Because, uh, you know, the strain was in high demand, so. Yeah, okay. And do you remember how long it was between then and when you first tried OGKB? Uh, I mean, the, the OGKB just kind of like, like uh, pretty much fell into my lap as far as, like, um, they're, like we were already testing the, the animal in the forum because we already had access to those. And then, uh, like I said, like the OGKB kind of just fell into my lap as a result of, like a like an unfortunate incident in a sense where I you know I pretty much I I grabbed the clones and like those uh like like out of OG Kush red spot and and um you know like I we we only knew the animal in the forum and at that point um you know when I got the actual I mean the OG KB clone was not even it wasn't even named that it was just more of I named it after OG Kush because that's my homie who gave it to me and that, that's pretty much it. But I, you know, like it's uh, like it, it's like a mutant cookies that actually is like fucking, like you know, like really good, obviously. <laughs> yeah, of course. So a lot of people are really curious as to how you actually got your hands on the OG KB. Would you be able to tell us the backstory behind that one? Yeah, yeah. So um, so uh, basically, um, I mean, like OG KB is like like I've I've known it for for a, a, lo a long time at this point. Is you know close to like almost 20 years and um I mean, he actually like he actually like brought me in the game and whatnot and um and he's always he's always taking care of me but at that time we only knew of, of the animal in the forum and there was a instance that basically he like one of his um his spots had gotten robbed like like they it was like a home invasion and so he was in i think he was in vegas and he called me it was like like three like three or four like four in the morning and um he just, he was like, yo, he's like, can you go clear this spot out for me? Cause, uh, like, you know, pretty much they was, it, it got robbed. And so I was like, all right, cool. So I, I hopped in, in my girlfriend's car and like I was saying, like, I, you know, at the time I, I didn't have a, like a license. I grabbed my pistol and just, you know, pretty much took off and I had to make a bunch of trips back and forth. It was pretty, pretty fucking pretty wild really like to think about it. And, um, and you know whatever it is, what it is, I got I, I cleared the place out. There was a bunch of plants that were literally in like five gallon pots that I had to put in contractor bags, and and like luckily there was people there. Um, but like they, you know, well once they they were like all, some of them were all tied up and whatever. So I once I you know got them you know loose and whatnot, they were able to help me out. But I was like driving back and forth uh, with with these huge plants that were literally like five six weeks in a flower. And um, in like five gallon pots and in my car, or and um, you know, like basically what was there was the OG KB is what we know as the OG KB now, and so it was uh, it was it was it was pretty wild. Like so, I got you know I got it taken care of and whatnot. But like like you know back then it's it was a different times as far as uh, the legality of as as far as what we were doing and stuff. So um, you know like it's yeah I was. You know, the cops could have came in at any given moment. I had no, I had no idea what the hell was going on, but I just want to get everything out of there and whatever. And then when I brought the like all the stuff back to my house, um, I asked him what like you know this mutant ass plant like what like what it was, and he said it was cookies. And I was I was like that's weird because we've already like been documenting the cookies, 
um, as you know, as far as like what we know. And he's like, no. So it was like a whole other phenotype of the cookies. And once I finished everything up, it was definitively like a you know a very a very good cookies cut. And um, it wasn't that desirable to actually like grow because of the fact that like it veg so damn slow. But I mean, that's pretty much what came to be known as the OGKB. And I mean, it wasn't even named that at the time. It was pretty much, I named it after my homie, like pretty much after him. And that was pretty much it just to like differentiate the clones that we had already. Wow. What an amazing story. I'm giving you a virtual clap for being a solid homie on that one. So I guess the first question is, how does OGKB himself feel about how the strain's gone on to become so popular because he really doesn't seem to be involved in the scene too much you don't really get to hear his perspective much yeah i mean i mean at the end of the day uh i mean that's the reason why uh why it was named after him uh, at the end of the day like the 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 recognition will kind of always go back to him so whatever but it's it, it is kind of crazy how everything has kind of like you know uh, snowballed into like what it actually is and how it's actually very very you know it's it's a basis of a lot of like fit you know one of the some of the most famous strains i guess to date now you know um it's uh it's a yeah it's, it's a very unique plant and whatnot but i mean he's not really concerned with a lot of that stuff to be honest with you like i don't think he is he it's just more of it's just crazy how it all kind of like like i said like you know just everything kind of came into this whole situation and i mean it's a good plant it's it's it produces fucking you know fire uh, the offspring is definitely like a lot of it's very promising. Um, and you know, like, yeah, there's, there's a, it's, you know, I, I like it's doesn't, it's hard. It was a finicky plant to get basically dialed in and whatnot, but like, you know, whatever, like I said, like at the end of the day to see where it's at now, as far as like, if you saw like the healthy plants that I have of the OGKB and that, that I even have, it still alive is pretty, pretty crazy considering the, the, uh, the shape that it came to me in. Yeah, of course. It's a great little turnaround story. I definitely want to chat about the offspring of the OGKB, but just as a quick little sidetrack, do you know much about or have you tried the OGKB 2.0, the one that came from the bag seed? Uh, I, I, I have not. Is that like uh, Dark Horse or... I'm not sure who it is, but like someone bought some OGKB from a dispensary and they found like some S1s and they popped it and it was like really good and they called it OGKB 2.0. And now there's even a few breeders who breed with it, like most notably in-house has done a cross and he calls it OGKB 2.1. Yeah, I mean, at, at that point, I, I, I don't know, like, man, I'm honestly like people hit me up all day and they want to... Uh like they want me to vouch for their for for whatever their their clone or whatever it is. Um, I I just like I, like like I said at the end of the day, I just tell people like yo, yo if you're happy with what you got, like you know, and it's fire, then you know, like um, you know, that's that's great. Just be happy with that. Like I can't I can't I, you know specifically vouch for 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 your clones. Like I have no idea like you know what 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 the weed is. People are very quick to attach a name to something to pretty much sell it. So at the end of the day. Like, uh, like, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to tell, but if it, like I said, at the end of the day, if it's good, then, you know, it is what it is. Like, you know, like you gotta give props to that, but I, I have not tried any of those, um, you know, like the, the, the OGKB 2.0 and whatnot. I don't, I mean, for me, it's just more of like, I have the original, like, like why the hell would I, would I want to, um, you know, like experiment with like trying something else and, and whatnot. Yeah. Understandable. 
So when you started growing it out, did you notice any similarities with the OGKB and any other plants? And the reason why I ask this is because we've heard um, CSI in the past say that some of the Urkel S1s come out with that exact same morphology, that mutant kind of look that the OGKB has. Have you ever grown the OGKB and just kind of thought, oh man, I see a bit of this plant in it? I mean, uh, I mean, yeah, the Urkel is very, um, I mean, it's a short stocky plant that was, uh, and which is pretty similar to the OGKB. And uh, I mean, he definitely could ha- be on to, onto something. Um, besides that, the only other one that I actually noticed, like the leaf structure was at, at the time back then, was, uh, was the cherry pie that was going around. And it was actually like a, the, the cherry pie tended to have hermaphroditic uh, tendencies. And, uh, and, and uh, back then it actually was, it was pretty similar in, in, in structure and whatnot. And um, it had to kind of like that, the, the leaf structure and like it was kind of short and squat and it also tended to make uh, like, like, um, like, like, you know, pollen sacs, but they were, they were non-viable. So, um, like, but that's the thing is like, it was kind of like, uh, the cherry pie came first and then cookies started coming around after that. And, uh, and you know, like, like it was, I mean, even, I, I wish I still had that cherry pie. It was definitely, that cherry pie was, was, you know, was, was nice. It was just not very, uh, very stable. Yeah, of course. So you got the OGKB. When did you first start to do some collaborations with it? Uh, I mean, like back then, I I I met Fletcher from Archive Seed Bank through uh, through the forums, and and, um, and it was just kind of like a thing where I was like, yo, like you know, uh, he was working with the Face Off OG mail at the time, um, and and uh, and so that was kind of like uh, like the basis of, of a lot of his uh, his seeds, and um, his his seed company was kind of more like the infancy stages as far as like it was kind of like just taking off but not quite. And so I was like, yo, man, like if you want to, you know, hit like people were asking me left and right for the OGKB because we had uh, the form and the animal already. But like the OGKB, once it became known as like a like a like a very like legit cookie strain, people, you know, people, people were, you know, they everyone was interested in it. So uh, I hit him up and was just like, yo, you know, if you want to pollinate it, you know, just, you know, we'll split the seeds. And pretty much that's about it. And that's what became the dosidos basically. And, um, and, you know, like, and from there, it just, uh, it's kind of progressed into like everything else that it is nowadays too. So, yeah. Okay. So the seeds were made. Did you pop them immediately? Were you really excited for it or you kind of didn't really suspect it would go on to become what it's become? Yeah. I mean, well, like a lot of the seeds were, were like, um, like they, they t- like the OGKB tends to produce very like white pale seeds that are typically non, like non-viable. Like they don't it's really hard to get them to germinate. So, I mean, I had like a jar full of seeds and, uh, and you know, I kind of, I actually held on to like some of them and I, I gave them to, uh, I think it was NP Cali actually, my, my, my friend, uh, my friend Ryan NP Cali. And he got actually the last of the, of the dosidos, the original dosido seeds. Um, and, uh, they, they, they were, they, it was really hard to germinate them and whatnot. Uh, like, but you know, that's, that's pretty much where the dosidos came from. I, you know, I got the jar, I started like doing the selections and then pretty much like that, like Fletcher named it the dosidos and like, you know, that's, that's pretty much like where it's at now. You know, the Mendo bread is another story as far as, uh, that was done with Gage Green and, um, and you know, like it's, it, it was like, like, you know, out of like a tray of seeds, I'd probably get like like less than a quarter, like 25% of them that like actually germinate. They're, you know, they're, they're, 
they're definitely uh, they, they require a little bit of work. How did the Mendo Breath collab come about? Oh, that was um, like. <laughs> Like I had, I had a friend that was like, uh, that that was trimming for me. It was like a friend of a friend, and he actually mentioned to me that uh, he had some neighbors that I guess, I guess had this seed company, and like like back then, same thing. Gage Green was kind of in their infancy stages, and in the sense that they weren't, um, you know, they weren't that big, but they were definitely doing like breeding work. And so I was like, yeah, you know, whatever. Like I was, I'm always like, you know, about like, you know, if if you know, I'm always about working with people and whatnot. And so I was like, Oh, that's cool. You know, this and that. And then he had talked to them and then they were like, Oh yeah, I know, I know who you're talking about. Like, as far as like, you know, me having the OG Kush breath and whatever and being on the forums. And, um, and so like, I, like we, you know, we, we made an agreement and I gave them the clone and then they pollinated it. And then there was, uh, the Mendo breath and the grateful breath. And then, you know, there was, you know that was those were probably the two most prominent strains that they actually like produced and whatnot. So, um, like you know, but it, like they uh, they you know it they it like you know like <laughs> what like a lot of the, the stuff that comes from the OGKB it tends to be pretty you know pretty pretty uh, impressive. Without question. So, how do you feel that the majority of their work now is just really stemming off the OGKB, and then even further? you know, Gromer's now made his whole thing off their whole thing. Like you've almost given birth to a brand that's given birth to a brand, if you get what I mean. Yeah, no, it's like the, the basis of, uh, the infrastructure for other people's fucking companies. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's in a sense, it's kind of flattering, but I'm not ever really one to be, um, like a hater in a sense, you mean like, uh, like at the end of the day, I like, I like the, the way that this, this industry is like, I'm, I'm not going to try to go and like shake people down for, you know, whatever it's like, I'm just happy for people that they're being successful with it. And at the end of the day, if you really know what's up, you'll know that like the work came from me, you know what I mean? So there's always, you know, um, you know, there, there's always that sort of recognition in a sense, but at the end of the day, like, you know, if someone's, you know, doing well, like I'm, I'm happy for them, you know what I mean? Like as long as they're not a, you know, a punk fucking like dickhead to me, I don't, I don't care, you know, like, like even like with Gromer, um, I literally hit him up and I was like, yo, like I wanted to run, I think some like the peanut butter red. So I asked him for like a pack of the seeds and he sent me like 25 packs of seeds of like all the shit that, you know, like I, I respect that, you know, um, and I'm sure he's made plenty of more money than whatever those are worth. But at the end of the day, like it's, you know, it's, uh, I, I respect the fact that, that, uh, you know, he kind of paid it forward, you know? So yeah, of course. That's always good karma stuff. So, a lot of people would know you because through name because the fact that the predominantly widespread cut of both the Dosi Do and the Mendo Breath are the ones you found. When you were doing those pheno hunts, did you realize that these were going to be really good? Like, I remember we just spoke about when they were in seeds, but when you were actually flowering them out and you could smell them and get excited, were you really excited or you just thought, oh, this is a nice cut, I'll give it to some friends? No, I mean, I could tell they were, they were game changers. Um, it's like, as far as like, like how, you know, how, how it's, you know, they've taken off or whatever. Um, I mean, there, I mean, nowadays there's, there's definitely a lot of like, re- like really good strains out, but at the time they were definitely like, you know, game changers, you know, they was definitely very special as far as whatever I already had on deck. And, um, it kind of blew everything else out of the water, which is why I was like, if you look at my Instagram or whatever, you, you realize like I, I wasn't. I didn't never intended to hype them up. I'm not like a like like I call it like a like like a used car salesman where it's it's kind of like I'm not gonna put my name on something that's not gonna be that good. 
Um, and you know, pretty much now, like, you know, when, like to nowadays, if there's a reason why people utilize those strains for, you know, for, for the, the basis of their, of their breeding products, too, you know, of course. So at this time, I think it was kind of about the same time, like look, cookies was just going through the roof, you know, like you had like rappers starting to name drop it and the really the cultural side of weed started to really generate a lot of interest in cookies as well. Did you ever think to yourself, I could try to like, you know, jump on dosi dough or mendo breath and try to launch it? Or did you just feel like that was just kind of not in your lane? Uh, I mean, it's... It was, I think, like a lot of the, the hype that came along with it was very organically uh, fabricated. Um, you know what I mean? Like, a lot of people, like, would hear about it, and uh, they, like, it's one thing to hear about something. It's another thing to, like, you know, actually have it and, you know, uh, like, smell it and, you know, just, like, you know, smoke it, whatever. Um, you know, like, I, I, but at, at the time, it was, you know, it wasn't. It wasn't about like capitalizing on that all that hype, really. Like, I'm actually very surprised as far as like how far um, even like you know like cookies itself has like come along. You know, what I mean? so it's uh, but but it was at the time it was de- definitely like I can't deny that it was not. I mean that it, it was a game changer. You know, like it was just definitely um, like 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 I said back then people were passing around Bubba as cookies, and I'd be like, this ain't that fire, you know, whatever. And then when I actually got a hold of the actual like real cookies i was like oh this is what people are talking about this is actually yeah like game changer shit you know yeah okay so if we try to put personal attachments and whatnot to the side if you consider the fact that you conceded you know it's not not a great breeding plant the OGKB, and it's a bit slower overall do you th- still think that it's worthy of a title of like it's a good plant or do you think that it's just like worth the hassle but overall it's probably not really a great plant so to speak no i mean when it when i mean the flowers are are i mean like it, whenever i have any of it they, i mean there's plenty of people that like they they want to run it into ice, you know, like ice wax or uh, like you know, as far as like making it into hash or even you know just it's. I mean, it's sold always. It's just not necessarily the most lucrative plant to to run when you're when you're when you're running, you know, when you're growing. Um, but uh, but I, I mean, I always love having it around. It's 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 definitely very much um, a really good a good plant. But I feel like the offspring in itself too is actually. It you know that it holds a lot of weight as far as uh, against it as well you know so I kind of prefer to work with the offspring as far as like you know just like the dosidos or even the OGKB blueberry headband that like you know that I just did all those plants are going to be like definitively a lot more like have more vigor and just be more like easier to work with you know so yeah fantastic um, so I guess before we jump into the OGKB blueberry headband stuff a little more I do have one last question do you have any other plants which kind of fit that category where you know it is a little bit finicky and most people don't put in the effort but you still keep it around because it's the killer Uh, I mean I not really like honestly like that's the one plant that I I will always make space for in my veg in my bedroom Um, I know that there's like a I, I hear like the Mac one is like very similar in like it's a like um characteristics as far as like vegetative growth uh, i've not i don't have that plant i've never grown it so I, I couldn't say anything you know about that um but as far as just the ogkb just it's uh like i mean it's clearly it's 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 a it's a plant worth keeping around considering its notoriety at this point so 
Wow, you've never grown the Mac One. I guess you're one of the few people to resist the overwhelming hype. No, I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I know Cap. Like, if I'm sure, if I wanted to go grab a cut, I could go down, you know, see him and and you know, grab it. I, I run, uh, like, like some of his seeds and all that stuff. It's just more of I'm not really one like the type of person to go out and like, uh, like seek certain things. Um. I mean, I, I've seen flowers of the Mac one, but yeah, it's just, I don't know, man. I'm like, I kind of just work with what I work with because I'm already sifting through so much stuff as it is. Uh, and it's, um, it's kind of like, uh, it's, I mean, it's a good thing and a bad thing because like, there's a lot of, a lot of bullshit that you have to sift through. But, um, you know, like I, like I have so many seeds and things that I like crosses that I've already made that I just, I'm kind of like, I kind of just try to focus on that. Yeah, for sure. But I got to ask. Did you end up getting into like GG4 or Skittles or any of the other commonly hyped ones of recent? Um, I mean, I, I literally just got a Skittles clone um, probably like a, like a month ago. But like 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 I said, for me, um, I, I'm you know like Gorilla Glue Four was like I I want to say it was that that's Josie's uh, like clone and whatnot. And I've ran it before. I, I like it. It just um, it it wasn't it didn't it tended to get over like overproduced to the sense where like it actually like the market got kind of saturated with like a lot of gorilla glue as a result of that because it was a huge yielder and it was it wasn't that tough to grow so um but skittles i mean i like it they're wrong but like i said i kind of tend to focus on a lot of the stuff like that i'm already doing myself as far as the like you know my, my own work of course. So let's jump back into the OG KBX2, which is the blueberry headband cross. What do you hope to pair with that? Like, do you plan to find a male from that and then pair that with stuff, or use that as the mothers? Uh, I mean, with, with that one, I mean, I, like, it basically was a cross that I made, uh, an outdoor cross, and so like, I, I still have some seeds left of it. I can, which I can sort through. Like I said, a lot of those seeds from the original OG KB are typically not like non-viable i think i like i said i i uh i i planted like 72 in a, in a tray and i probably got like like you know 14 or something I, I, like out of that um and so like you know for me i still have i probably still got another like 20 or 30 seeds left that i can sort through and whatnot but that ogkb blueberry headband was definitely um like you know as far as like what i wanted out of the ogkb it was it it definitely like brought more vigor into it and uh, also like it has more like the blueberry nose on it so it's, it's um and like and like i said right now like compound's going to be working with it so I'm, I'm like i'm really more excited about that whole situation um you know and like see where that 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 like that, that all goes that's cool and so you plan to get a few females together and then he'll provide the mail or do you know how you plan to do the collab exactly I mean, I, I pretty much, I made this selection and then I gave him the, uh, like he saw the flowers and was like, Oh damn. Like I, like he liked it a lot. So he was like, you know, whatever, like we should do like, you know, I guess collaboration. And so, um, you know, that's pretty much like where we're at now. So he's, I was like, yeah, if you want to take it and like work with it, go like, you know, go ahead, dude, you can do whatever you want with it. And so that's, uh, like I said, I don't know exactly. We haven't really discussed exactly what he's going to do with it as far as like what males he's going to use to, uh, to pollinate it but i mean i'm just excited that like you know that that work is getting you know like is progressing and and, and whatnot because i don't um i don't i can't always be pollinating things um you know considering like you know my, my like you know 
like my the spaces that I have and whatnot. So, do you think that you'll ever open your own seed company, or do you prefer to do this sort of collab type of creation? No, I mean honestly, like I, it's I mean like like you said, I I really would I, I like I'd rather work with people and and you know like I, I like the idea of it. Um, you know, like I think like collaborative minds um, when they come together, they like a lot of like good stuff can come from that. So. I mean, I'm not trying to be a jack of all trades, uh, and you know, like I just like I, I like I appreciate the fact that certain people are even willing to work with me and things like that. But I'm like, you know, as far as like establishing a seed company, I mean, I'd rather I'd rather work with somebody that I already know and you know let them do their thing, and then we can figure it out from there. You know, but I'm not I'm not uh I just I, I don't really don't have the time for that at the moment, and I, I don't really foresee myself having the time for that. <laughs> Yeah, okay. So, I mean, with that being said, what do you perceive as your future within the cannabis industry? Where do you see it going and what do you think your role will be? For, I mean, for me, like, I, like I've, I'm pretty tied up with, like, a lot of my consulting work as far as, um, you know, designing, like, certain facilities and, and uh, things like that. We, you know, right now we're, we just submitted an application to uh, in Illinois. And so once that goes through and if we, everything is, is, you know, good with that, then I'll definitely be busy with that. But I mean, I just, I, I just like growing, you know, like it's, um, it's like, I've always liked that, you know, like the plants and, you know, as far as like working with them and just, just, uh, being around them really, it's just, it's very like, it's therapeutic in a sense, you know? And then also the fact that like certain, you know, like I, I would like to do more research as far as going into strains that are like more medically, uh, like, you know, they have more like like medicinal benefits and, you know, things like that as as far as like where, you know, where they tend to help people out with like certain ailments that they have and, you know, uh, like things like that. Like that's kind of what kind of drives me in a sense. That's really cool. In terms of the medicinal stuff you just mentioned, do you think that that will take you into the kind of CBD realm or are you talking more of like just a regular THC dominant strain but it just also happens to help with X or Y? Uh, I mean, like... Uh, there, I mean, the, 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 I, I feel like the sky is kind of the limit. It sounds kind of like weird, but like there's so much stuff we don't know about the like the cannabis plant at this point. Um, like certain compounds that we're just like discovering and seeing how they uh, like, how, like you know, medicinally, like how they affect people and stuff like that. So it's it's like like I said, uh, at the end of the day, I'm just happy to to provide a, like a, a a service for people if like if they feel like the you know these you know, these certain strains, um, you know, medicinally benefit them. And are there any conditions that are maybe like close to heart, which you'd like to be able to work on or anything which catches your eye? You just, it's just a general topic of interest. Uh, I mean, like, I feel like, like, uh, like cannabis is so subjective that it's, you know, when you, when you smoke, like someone can smoke a sativa and tell you it's a sativa, um, and then someone else could be like, oh, that, you know, that same strain, like, kind of put me to sleep or, like, they feel like it's more indica dominant. It's, I, I just feel like it's very subjective. But at the end of the day, if, you know, they're, they're like, like, like I said, if any of my work or whatever can help anybody out as far as, um, you know, like, like, you know, therapeutically or, like, medically, I mean, that's just very, uh, it's, it's very, um, you know, like, it's, it's, it, you know, it's, it makes, you know, makes you feel good in a sense, <laughs> you know. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So you mentioned that you submitted an application in Illinois soon. I mean, given we're dealing with kind of this current corona uncertainty thing going on, 
how do you perceive that's going to affect your work in general? Do you think everything will come to a grinding halt or do you think the cannabis industry will kind of keep doing its thing? Uh, I mean, I mean, I, it's, it's really hard to say. Like, I, I know that the, the, the application deadline was extended by two weeks in Illinois because of the whole coronavirus thing. Um, so that's one thing. Um, and then um, it's, uh, I mean, yeah, well, they may extend it even further. That, and also, like, as far as on the application process, they were requiring people to submit the application itself in person to, like, the office, I guess it was in Springfield, um, and uh, and now they they don't even want you to do that. So, like um, I like I couldn't tell you to the extent that it actually is going to affect everything, but it actually it has affected you know somewhat our, already. Like they don't they don't want to take any applications from anybody in person anymore. You have to mail them in and things like that. As far as like moving you know down the road, um, I mean, who knows, man? With this uh, with this whole situation, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have. Uh, a forecast that it would even get to this point as far as like where we're at now or literally like a, we can't, you know, can't leave our houses, you know? What I mean? Yeah. Well, we've heard a general sentiment from a lot of notable Instagram figures saying, you know, now's a great time to just spend some time with your plants. Do you feel like that's a good idea? Yeah. I mean, I got nothing better to do really, you know? <laughs> so it's like, uh, like, like literally like hang out with my dog and, and, uh, you know, yeah, it's basically like, like yeah, like, just put some more work in the garden. There's nothing else to do. Um, you know, typically there's other stuff to, um, to, uh, like, I guess attend to or whatnot. But at this point we're not supposed to leave our house. So, yeah, definitely. So just to kind of jump back for a little bit, was there any certain point when you were on the forums where you felt like you started to have like some kind of notoriety, so to speak, or do you feel like that all came after that? Uh, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I still wouldn't tell you that I have any notoriety, man. I'm just blessed to like be able to work with the people that, that I, that I have and that, um, you know, like that we have mutual respect and some things don't always necessarily work out with the, you know, there's like, you know, with, with the people that you, you deal with, but you live and you learn. But, um, you know, like, I, like I couldn't, I couldn't say, so I just know that we were doing a bunch of like documenting as far as the, um, you know, as far as the cuts that we had. And, you know, just everything just kind of, like I say, like snowballed into where it's at now. You know, and like I like, uh, but I wouldn't, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like to, uh, to, you know, to, to, uh, to, you know, to basically accept the fact that like, you're, you know, like that there's notoriety that comes along with like the territory that, you know, I'm in, I guess. Yeah, ever humble. That's always nice. So, what was your favorite forums, or did you have like a favorite for a moment in general? Uh, I mean, like I see Mag was good at one point. I think it's very convoluted and like watered down at, at, at this point, um, just because you have so many like new newbie growers. Uh, but it was like it was you know I see Mag uh, Overgrow um, THC Farmer. Uh, like you know, it was it it was just a huge uh like like uh like a, a, the, the you know a huge like a library to basically learn like about growing at the time and so we were you know like i said like like me and like ivan from the jungle boys like lump status frost boss like uh unknown profit um like uh, like abf now uh, like you know that uh you know to have met the, the, those people and and be able to have shared the knowledge that we had like it's kind of you can't really 
you, like that's not gonna like I, I don't foresee that coming about uh, like again like back then we were like just super underground you know just basically starting out and you know just sharing a bunch of information and um and you know like like i said i i kind of stuck to ic mag and th that was about it but it was never about like gaining any notoriety or anything like that like realistically when i jumped onto like uh instagram was when i noticed that like a uh, instagram was a huge marketing tool um and you know it was i was very surprised at how like everything from there to kind of took off um you know and so it was like when I when I set up like my Instagram handle, people were like recognizing me from the forums, and I was like, how, like how do you know about about that? And uh, and you know people had basically had been following my work, and so they were you know they were like kind of like uh, like are you that person from you know whatever IC Mag and uh, and yeah it was that's kind of what surprised me a little bit and whatnot. Yeah. Okay. We. Well, I mean, you mentioned the marketing of Instagram. Do you look at Cookie Firm now and feel like they've done a pretty good job marketing? And if you were to say that, who do you put the uh, like the kudos to? Who out of the Cookie Fam's the marketer? I mean, I don't think Cookie Fam did anything really. They like really see like Burner is the one that actually um, hyped the strain. Like um, at the end of the day, like the strain actually kind of held its own weight because it was like I said, Cookies w was definitively a game changer, but. Um, like I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't see how they did anything to like, uh, fuel that whole situation. Uh, burner definitely, definitely did. Um, but at the end of the day, like it's, I mean, it's kind of ironic. Like a lot of people, uh, assume like burner's like a, like a weed grower. And I'm like, he, I mean, he might've grown weed back in the day or whatever, but he's more of a hustler in a sense, which I mean, I totally respect, but, uh, but like, you know, like he, he, uh, he was the one that fueled the whole cookies hype. It's, it's, um, it's you know that's that's I would say that's really who's responsible for it. If not like uh, Sherbinsky, like but he's he kind of branched off and did his own thing. Um, but he also had like the the you know the um, the the momentum from like the whole cookies thing as well. You read my mind. That was going to be the next question. It was about Shabinsky and how he branched off. So what I want to know is he's been name dropped a lot in a lot of pop culture, like even in a Calvin Harris song, which is pretty good for him. Um, do you feel like he's done a better job? And furthermore, what do you think will happen to the Cookies brand if they continue to be passive, as you said? Uh, I mean, there's only so much that that they that that I mean they can actually do. I think uh, Shabinsky is definitely a lot more of a of like a marketing type of person and like you know um that's fucking great for him i'm i like said i'll never hate on anybody you know what i mean but um even like when he branched off from the actual cookie fam and all that other shit like I, like initially i was like i like you know i didn't i couldn't foresee how it was actually going to work out for him and whatnot but I've, I've met him he's cool as dude um i mean uh, you know like he like you know i'm I'm very happy for anybody that's fucking making anything happen at this, you know, in, in this industry and whatnot. Um, but he's, I mean, you know, he's, he's definitely more of a, of a, a marketing type of person, you know, in, in, in the mix as far as, uh, you know, like branding and things like that, which is actually, um, like it's, it's very surprising at how everything's come together nowadays as far as branding within like the industry and all that. It's like a lot, lot like it goes a long ways, you know, I, I would have never thought that it would have came to this. Do you feel like it would be wrong to say that cookies, in a sense, was the root of where all this bloody branded Mylar bag comes from? If you like, kind of really think about it. 
I mean, I mean, not not at all. Like, I mean, it's uh, cookies is is the basis for pretty much. I mean, even the like uh, the dose like dosidos like what like whatever. It all it all kind of stems from from there. Um, I mean, we're just like um, burner base. I mean, he has a platform to basically promote this like that strain, and he has a huge following, and uh, and as a result. It kind of uh, it's like a trickle down effect to where you know anything associated with it can actually you know be very you know worthy of recognition in a sense. Um, so like you know like sure like like I said like you know Sherbinsky, um, at, as far as like him branching off and doing his own thing like he does have you know very prominent strains that are like pretty well known in the industry uh, like under under his belt and whatnot. Um, but it's uh yeah and it's. You know, like I like you can't deny the fact that like cookies literally is the basis for a lot of the stuff that's going on now in the industry. That's the bottom line. Of course, yeah, I think that you can reduce it all down to like cookies and TK. Yeah, I mean, I mean a lot. I mean a lot. I, I feel like the TK is more of a connoisseur, um, like market. Most people would not know what like what, what the TK is. You mean know? so. Yeah, but I mean, like all the hybrids are like have those two components in them mostly. Yeah, I mean it's it's uh it, yeah I mean it's I'd like yeah I would not I would not uh argue with that for that way, but um at the like, at the end of the day like 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 I said uh <laughs> cookies is I mean there's a reason why it was a game changer in a sense it was definitely like when I first saw the actual real deal cookies I was like. Oh, this shit is actually fire! Like, and uh, the only other strain that I could attribute that to would be, like, uh, the the OG Kush, like the like the original SFV or the Larry that that was around, and then uh, and also like the Urkel. Um, like back then, like nobody had like purple strains. It was kind of crazy to, to 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 see. So, so um, what did you make of the sherbets and the gelatos when they first came out? Did they impress you at all? I mean, honestly, like I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, I'm not. I'm not the person to like go go and seek out these strains. And if it comes across me, like like then I, you know, I'll, I'll check it out. And usually, like the people that I deal with, they they are um, they're they they're you know they they hold some weight in the industry in a sense where like I would trust that whatever they had was legit. Because um, like at at some point, everyone wants to kind of pass whatever they have off as the sherbet or like gelato. But uh, I mean, it's. You know they're 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 good strains. Don't get me wrong. Like, but uh, like you know, like uh, I was I didn't even have any idea that the 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 gelato like there was the different um, different types are basically just different phenotypes of the same you know uh, I guess like seeds. Uh, and so I was like, yeah, I had no idea. Like you know the Asahi and um, the uh, like whatever other like you know phenotypes there are, they're all kind of all based off the same seeds, but. Um, you know, like they, I mean, they're they're good. They're, I, I can't I can't deny that for sure. Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm a fan of the old forty one. But have you seen what the uh, Cookie Fam are doing now with their like their collab with JBZ and the mints thing? I mean, I, I I have seen that. Like, and there's I mean, like there's definitely like a lot of good strains coming out of that uh, out of that camp in a sense. Um, uh, like. You know, like I said at the end of the day, like I wish them nothing but the best. Um, I'm I'm in the same boat where I'm always looking for something better. Uh, I just hope that everything works out. Uh, you know, like for them, and you know, there's uh, there's when money comes into play, a lot of bridges get burned sometimes. It ain't so. That's, yeah. Uh, that's, 
you know, like that's, uh, but I mean, they're, they're doing good work. So I hope everybody's getting compensated and everyone's getting paid and making money and, you know, be able to take care of their family. Of course. So a sentiment we've heard echoed by many different people over the past few years is that everyone's so hyped over like these new school things, but people don't really give enough credit to how some of the old school strains were really awesome. Do you kind of feel like you're into that mentality or are you not really subscribing to that? I mean, I, I, I I'm I, like, I, I love old school strains, man. Like the problem is they're just not like necessarily available anymore. So, and like a lot of the new stuff is definitely, um, like very, you know, like there's a lot of not like nice stuff that's out like n- nowadays, but, um, you know, like to be able to, to have like a, like, a, you know, some land race genetics that are, you know, you know, from back in the days, it's just not really, uh, it's, it's, it's very few and far between to like to, to actually come across them, especially like the legit ones. Um, you know, there's, there's a, uh, yeah, I mean, there's like, there's certain, like there was a, like the, the pepper, uh, Fino of Romulan that I like is very like, for me, like very nostalgic. Um, like probably a couple others. I can't even think about them right now off the top of my head, but, but, uh, like things like that, you're not, probably not, not going to come across them again. Yeah, wow, Peppafino of Romulan. I've only really heard of a berry one. Yeah, there was a grape one, but there was also a pepper one. Um, I mean, I actually brought it back from Amsterdam when I when I came back, um, you know, from the Cannabis Cup, and like I think it was like 2006. And um, and yeah, like I I brought back the seeds, and and there there was I know I know the grape fino was uh, was one of the uh, one of the more prominent ones as far as like that that was went around, but there was also the pepper fino that was very like kind of like spicy and it was like yeah like like i said at the end of the day like if i had it today um there's you're probably not you're gonna get more money for things that are a lot more hyped up like like jbz stuff or you know gelatos or you know sherberts and all that you know all that stuff so it's um it's more of a personal preference to, to run them and you know keep them in the stable so when you pop new seeds, do you like to delve into some old, some new, or you find it's fairly much the new? Um, I mean, like as far as like uh, like as as far as what I'm looking for. Yeah, like if you're gonna do like a pheno hunt, just kind of you know look through some new stuff. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's uh, for me, like it's it's. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that gets uh, that ends up. You know, you have to sift through a lot of the bullshit to get to the good stuff, and so that's that's just kind of like the reality of it um you know but like when i'm selecting like males or you know and like crossing them to certain females it, you know it's all like a matter of selection and um you never know exactly what, what what's going to come about but for the most part if you put your best foot forward you usually w- will get something you know like you know something worthy of uh, of keeping around but at the end of the day too everyone gets tired of shit like after you know you, you run the same strain for like a year year and a half people are going to get tired of it no matter what do you think that popping new seeds is really kind of a vital thing to the scene i mean yeah it is it's honestly like as far as like uh like uh like i mean the longer you keep a plant alive the the more of an instance it has to actually become you know uh diseased or like have like a like like some sort of a like pest and infection i you know i guess if that's what you want to call it um and so like seeds are are you know definitely you know like if you constantly are 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 uh, popping seeds and looking through stuff, which, like I said, at the end of the day, you have like you have to sift through a lot of bullshit to get to some good stuff. Sometimes, depending on the stability of like a, like a lot of the the, the genetics, um, 
like you know like you're gonna always have like new stuff i i love the the idea of always having something new to like look forward to even though like it's not always gonna be like not everything's a winner you know yeah okay i definitely feel like we've all had our fair share of junk seeds but in that kind of same vein of thought when you are popping seeds do you subscribe to this idea of like maybe popping a certain amount like for example if i gave you five seeds would you be like man it's not really enough to do a good hunt or do you just whatever's there is there well i mean um, i mean if someone gave me five seeds i'd just plant the five seeds like uh it's uh you know beggars can't be choosers in a sense uh but like yeah i mean it's definitely nice to have like more of a a, like like a, a broader you know spectrum to like select from and whatnot but you know like you can also you know you, you can find some some winners within five seeds um it, like like i said it's definitely nicer to have uh like like you know a, a lot more to choose from but you know at the end of the day it, you know it is what it is like it's um you know like i'm at the end of the day i'm probably going to narrow it down to probably like a few phenotypes and that's it and then toss everything else like it's 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 easy to get like attached to wanting to keep certain things around, but at the end of the day, it's just uh, like you have to realize like like there's always going to be something better. You just got to keep looking, you know. Definitely. So when you do a pheno hunt, do you like to run the keeper, so to speak, as a clone a few times before you rule it the keeper, or do you feel like you've got a good idea from the first run? Because I find people different opinions on this. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, you have to like, 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 uh, I mean, you, it takes a little while to dial the strains in because they all have like different, you know, um, uh, like nutritional requirements in a sense, as far as like, uh, like, you, like, you know, nutrients and whatnot. Um, and like, so your first round may not be like, you're not going to hit it out, out, you know, out the park, but, uh, like, you know, you'll get a decent idea of what, you know, what it can produce and what, you know, whatnot. If you get a pheno that's, super you know larfy and uh and like has like a like you know like like a bland smell you're probably i mean i probably am not going to run it again but like there's you, you can definitely see the potential in, in certain strains as like you know like when you grow them but at the end of the day um you know most of the time like i can tell within like the first round like what's going to be worthy of like keeping around and and running it again and trying to dial it in better as opposed to just like wasting my time on keeping the mothers for you know certain genetics that are not going to be you know that like you know worthy of keeping around in a sense yeah okay so a bit of a hard question to answer i understand but what to you makes you want to keep a plant like do you have like a certain baseline and you think if it doesn't meet the standard maybe like a, a common plant you just refer everything to and you're like if it's not better than that i'm just not keeping it like how do you try to define what's going to stay and what's going to go is it just a hunch well, realistically, I mean, it comes down to a matter of space and, um, after like most of the stuff that I'm going to select is going to be stuff that I kind of like, I'd, I'd like to keep, but then as I'm sorting through new stuff, then things have to go. And that's just the bottom line, you know? Um, and so like, you know, like there's, if I had unlimited space and things like that, it's, it's one thing, but at the end of the day too, it's, it's always nice to start from new seed stock and have like new genetics and like, you know, everything gets old no matter what. That's the bottom line. It's uh like, it's ironic how like now, um, certain strains like are literally like vintage strains in a sense, if you call it like, you know, things they're like, um, like, like the, the trends are cyclical in a sense, even with the weed, it's, it's crazy. And so it's, it's, um, uh, it's, you know, like, like I said, 
some people like nowadays they'd want they're like oh man i wish i had like this train wreck or something and it's it's just kind of like that was you know around a long time ago and it's really hard to come by nowadays um but you know like, like i said it's it's just it's ironic how things are very like, like i said like the trends are very cyclical even within like the cannabis market and whatnot of course it is very cyclical like with a lot of things i haven't asked you yet what's your thoughts on fem seeds would you ever make them uh, I mean, I, like I, I personally wouldn't. I'm actually running some for the first time uh, right now, um, and and I got like that's that's gonna basically be the basis for for my opinion on on that. I typically wouldn't. I know that like back in the days, uh, like like there was a lot of hermaphroditic like tendencies that could come about from like the the, the feminized seeds, but uh, like from what I know now, like I'm running uh, some of like. Um, like 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 from ABF Genetics, some of his are, are like feminized, and you know, like I trust his judgment, so that's why I'm running them. And like I like I probably wouldn't um, keep mothers for longer than maybe like a like a few rounds as far as taking clones off of them. But that's just me, you know, erring on the side of caution as far as uh, traditionally, like back in the days, hearing that like they they, they tend they tend to have her hermaphroditic tendencies uh, after a while. Um, so, I mean, I, I could be completely wrong though. So, okay. Sorry. So just to clarify, you're saying if you found one you'd like, you'd run it a few times, but you'd probably give it up after a while cause it'd probably start to harm. Well, that, I mean, I, I can't say that that's, that's what would happen, but more than likely, like in my experience back, like back in the days before things were like a little more dialed in, that's, that's kind of what, what was the consensus at the time. Things I mean, they, people. I mean, even like autoflower genetics and like feminized autoflower, like like uh, like everything's gotten. You know, people have definitely dialed in things a little bit better, and so um, you know, like it's I, like I couldn't. I don't know. In, in my experience, I've always like uh, like back in the days, there was always kind of hermaphroditic tendencies. As far as like back then, people would typically run feminized seeds and uh, for like one round, and then you know move on to the, the next round of like like new seeds. But, um, you know, like, like I said, like this is literally like the first time I'm running feminized seeds and, you know, we'll, we'll see how it all goes. But I trust, like I said, my, my, like my homie Brian's judgment. And, um, you know, if he tells me it, it, there shouldn't be a problem, then, then that's, you know, that's why I'm running them. Yeah, that's exciting to hear. I'll, I'll keep my eyes on your Instagram to see the updates. Just as a quick follow-up, are there any other packs of seeds or breeders that you're kind of excited to run? Uh, I mean, I mean, there, there's, there's tons of stuff out like, um, you know, uh, like on the market right now. Like, I mean, I, I like, I'm very fortunate to know like a lot of, you know, like, you know, very like good breeders and, and when I see them, they, they'll throw me down seeds and they, you know, things like that. And I'm, I'm always very, like, very grateful for that. And, um, and like, I mean, I already know like they do really like really good work. So I'm, you know, like, um. There's, you know, there's a lot of prominent breeders like Canarado, um, uh, Swamp Boys, uh, um, uh, like Seed Junkie, um, you know, like uh, like Obs. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna forget certain people at this point, so I don't want to like offend nobody. But you know, there's there's, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate to like, you know, no, like know, uh, you know, know a good amount of these people, and and uh, and you know, like like I said, be able to run some of their gear. Like it's, uh, you know, they all do good work. Some really big heavy hitters in the list there. Another heavy hitter you mentioned early on was MP Carly. 
I think I can guess what type of grow style you use. And my question is, do you use MPKali Pro Nutrient Mix? Uh, no, actually, I, I, I do not at the moment. Um, uh, like I, I, I use Perfect Grower, and um, like I, like I, you know, they they take care of me. Like they, they, you know, like the, the nutrients are, are are dope. Like you know, we have very good success with them. Um, uh, you know, but like you know, Ryan is 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 my homie, and so like I, I wouldn't. You know, like I, I would not shy away from utilizing his stuff, but it's also more of at this point, I'm kind of like, uh, we, you know, we were already used to running the the perfect grower stuff, and um, and like like Ryan's, he's a brilliant person. Like he's, I'm, I'm, his product, I'm sure, is like really well. So like maybe like you know maybe like further down the line. Unfortunately, at the time when I was um, making the transition from like my like my old form formula, like which is based off, I think it was like a, a cutting edge. Um, uh, like he he hadn't he hadn't gotten his nutrients uh, like on like you know on deck yet so um so yeah that's why i went with a perfect grower and you know like everything as far as for me it's just more of like if, it, if it's not broke don't fix it and we have really good success with that so but you know i got nothing but respect for ryan like he's, he's, a, he's a really good friend of mine yeah yeah of course and i didn't didn't mean that in uh you know kind of throw you under the bus way at all that's awesome to hear that there's some other good brands out there and i guess kind of on that topic are there any other products which you think are really solid products? Just lifted your game. Happy to kind of throw a shout out to them. Um, I mean, like, like everyone that that like pretty much messes with us. Like, as as far as like, uh, like from the lighting, as as far as like Lux lighting, like you know, from my homie Ivan, the like you know Jungle Boys, um, like the DLI lights as well. We we utilize both of those. Um, you know, the Floriflex. They like Aaron at Floriflex. You know, they. He, he definitely takes care of us uh, at, at Trollmaster, um, you know, um, uh, like Miami Mango, like, you know, that's like, you know, that's they like, I, I just appreciate everybody, you know, coming together and, um, you know, uh, like the camaraderie that comes along with like, uh, like, you know, like as far as people taking care of each other and whatnot, they all, they all definitively, you know, they uh, like, I'm very fortunate to to be in the position to where like I to have their phone numbers and all that stuff. So if there's any issues I can always call them. But yeah, like, I mean, it's, you know, they, they're all like, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful for all of that. You know? Yeah. Wow. A lot of big hitting names just mentioned there. I definitely want to get into some of the nitty gritty of that. So first of all, people are going to be super interested in this. What's like, tell us about your relationship with Ivan of the jungle boys. Uh, I mean, we, we just, we came up from the, from the forums and whatnot. Like, you know, like he was one of the pioneers as far as, uh, like, like, I mean, he, he, he taught me how to literally like set up a pump start relay and irrigation controller, uh, like for, for a drip system. And like, uh, you know, when we didn't have access to any of this information, um, you know, and so it's, uh, it's, it's, it's just crazy to see how everything's kind of progressed as far as to where we're at now and you know and whatnot but he's he's definitively like a pioneer within this industry and he's uh he's he's, he's a smart guy he's not fucking he's um you know he's 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 definitely he's definitely not not i mean i'll say not stupid but like i'm saying like he's a fucking smart guy i respect the shit out of him but it was more of just like a like a relationship within the forums that we had and uh and like that's you know that's kind of where we all came up from like um as far as like i said like maybe f uh frost boss which was actually yes for prop 215 on ic mag on on profit like you know like like all of our homies like it's it's crazy to see how we've all kind of came up and and we're at like where we're at now you know 
Yeah, definitely. It definitely seems that when you talk to all the kind of more notable names in the scene, there is a common thread, especially in the early days, which is nice to see that, you know, the people who associated together in the early days putting in the work, it's kind of translated on. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it, like I said, it's really crazy to realize like how everything's, uh, fabricated to, as far as like our success and, um, and you know, whatever, like, it's kind of like, like we all kind of took up a trade that was, um, you know, we we're very underground at the, at, at the time. And then, uh, that's like, it's like a trade that literally is in very high demand. And we, um, are like, you know, we're, we're getting paid for our experience as far as like how many fuck ups we had. <laughs> So, so you also mentioned the troll automated system. Do you f- feel that that's going to be the future of growing with these really tightly regulated automated censoring, which helps keeps things in control? Uh, I mean, I, I like the idea of it, but like you, you also always like eat, like um, like like I remember when um, like there's there's a thread. I want to say it's on. I think it's on THC Farmer, and it's like it's weird how I actually even remember this because it's so long ago, but. Ivan um, from Jungle Boys, he had mentioned that, like, he had, uh, it was, like, one of the threads as far as, I think he was setting, like, an irrigation controller up, and he was, like, you can automate this, but, like, I still like to go there and push the buttons and literally, like, make sure everything's getting watered appropriately. Um, So, I mean, it's good, but it's also, um, you know, you have to be there. There's certain things, like, mechanically that that can definitely, like, fail on you, and if they do, like, uh, depending on how big of your of, of, a, of a, a setup you have like it could be catastrophic as far as um, you know like like you know things don't get watered or there's certain clogs in like certain irrigation lines you know you all, you always want to be there um, but automation is definitely nice it's, it's nice to have the, the like uh, the ability to to uh, to like you know to have access to these products because back then we didn't like we had to pretty much kind of like uh come up w- with ways to to do what we needed to do with with you know in in our industry because the products weren't readily available they had to like you had to incorporate other products from other industries to actually uh you know like like get what we wanted to get done so with that in mind what do you see as the future of more large scale cultivation uh i mean it just it really depends on like what what you're going for i feel like there's a uh, you're going to have like your Budweiser's where, you know, um, you know, that like people still buy Budweiser, but there's always also a, uh, a market for like craft beer and, and uh, like same thing with like, with, with weed. Like I think ex- for me, I, I'm very much into like exclusivity and having that like, uh, like, you know, not, not, you know, not necessarily having whatever, whatever everybody else has access to or has. But at the end of the day too, uh, I mean, I like, you know, people love to clown on uh, Purple Punch or Blue Dream or Green Crack, but uh, I do know that I got homies that have dispensaries and they, like, people love to, to, to buy those strains, you know? So it's, uh, it's, it's you know, it's, it's just a matter of, like, what, what people want and, uh, you know, like what, like what the market dictates. Yeah, so kind of something I've been thinking about for a long time is – the Budweiser analogy, it's a good one because I think people understand it. Would you, on a personal level, be a little bit bummed out about, if we use that same analogy, you know, Budweiser makes a lot more money than a lot of, say, craft breweries that are making a really high-quality product. If that same analogy holds true in cannabis, is it a bit disheartening or is it just a whatever thing to you? I mean, at the end of the day, um, I mean, I like, 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 uh, 
it's I mean it's it's commercial growing versus like I guess more like craft growing. But at the end of the day, like once you commercialize something, um, like especially agriculture and whatnot, it usually always is going to lead to like a degradation of quality. And so I mean there, but most people are like like I always say that there's like the consumer market and the the connoisseur market, and um, most of them it's it's a very thin line as far as like discerning like whether or not this weed was grown you know commercially or or like you know like or someone grew it like uh you know 10 lights or versus like 100 lights so i mean it's it's uh like i said at the end of the day it's it's pretty subjective and most of the time like the majority of the market is going to be uh like consumers not necessarily connoisseurs like a lot of people it's, it's crazy to me that they will literally like buy stuff without even looking at it or like you know like um like I, I just I can't I can't <laughs> I can't buy something like that. Yeah, certainly. As far as, yeah, as far as like going to a store and um, you know like like not being able to look at the product, like that's why like even like delivery services, I'm like I like I don't you know <laughs> it never really like uh, like you know um, like struck me as far as like a lucrative um, business in a sense because I'm like who the fuck would want to buy something that they can't necessarily. Uh, like see or smell or whatever but i mean it's i mean i, I clearly i was wrong <laughs> so so let's get down to some of the nitty-gritties of growing itself what type of medium do you like to grow in and what's your how would you describe your general style uh i mean i i just try to keep things as, as sterile as possible um the i like i like using um uh, i mean rock is just kind of like a, a generic term in a sense because there's so many other like brands it's uh but like you know, I I like to just keep it simple. I've I've done pretty much everything like that. You know, I've I've ran every single medium you possibly could. Deep water culture. I've done uh like water cooled lights at one point, uh, which was a disaster. Uh, which is not a medium, but I'm just saying like you know I've I I tried everything on it. Like you know everything that is pretty much like like is is triable and. Uh, and I, I kind of settled on the Rockwell because I had my most consistent yields and um, and you know like product to, to come from that. And it's a, it's 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 uh it's 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 sterile and uh, you know like a, like I like I said I've done cocoa, I've done beds, um I think, you know at the end of the day like Rockwell was just kind of like what I did best with. Great. And so, um, is there any little tips or tricks you might have for our growers in regards to how they can produce a better quality and bud? Just general ideas or product recommendations? It's like there's a very negative connotation that comes along with rock wool, especially rock wool with, with salt based nutrients. Um, people will always, you know, the soil growers, it's like a never ending argument where they're going to, they're going to, you know, tell you that like uh, it's, it's going to taste this way or whatever. But at the end of the day, I feel like a lot of that is somewhat subjective, um, you know, and, uh, and I mean, it's, it's definitively subjective, but like, you know, at the end of the day, I, 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 I've smoked organic, you know, soil, which I like, I definitely like, but on a commercial scale, it's not necessarily, uh, like feasible. I mean, it is somewhat, but it's, it's like when you're talking about like, minimizing your not necessarily like just your cost but as far as like like a uh, labor intensity and things like that uh you know like rock wools, like if you you know it, it can be it's, it's a lot easier to work with than uh, and it's it's sterile so like every time you buy it it's going to be sterile there's no pots that you have to sterilize like after every round and um you know dirt and all that stuff can become very like you know labor intense um it's not about being lazy either it's just more of 
uh, like I, you know, I, I like the idea of having everything kind of, um, you know, like, like just like streamlined and, and, you know, that's it. Like it's, uh, yeah, it's, 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 uh, like I like I said, I've done cocoa, I've done dirt, um, it's, and it, and I, I like the product. But at the end of the day, like I couldn't. There's very few times that I've actually been able to discern the difference between you know like something that was grown in rock wool with salts that's flushed properly, as opposed to uh, like you know like soil that's you know organic soil. So you mentioned earlier that you like Lux lighting. Are they the ceramic metal halides? Uh, the ones that we have are actually we use the the, the CMHs for our, our mother room in uh, in Oklahoma, like like everything else is like dual ended like HPSs. So uh, like but you know we're basically we run DLI and we also run uh, run Lux. So like they're 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 both you know they're both good brands. They both take care of us. Like you know I appreciate the shit out of all like you know both those companies. So. And so, what type of temperatures and humidities do you like to run your flower rooms at? Uh, the fl- I mean, the flower room is typically like I, I like to keep them right around like eighty, maybe like the low eighties. As far as when we're running like like uh, CO two, there's a lot of people that are gonna like they want to follow like the VPD charts, which they I mean it's not a not a bad idea, but uh, like those charts is uh, they're not necessarily tailored for like cannabis growing. Um, they're like they're kind of a generalization for for like uh, like I like agricultural crops, but cannabis like you can't run that high of a humidity like uh, according to the vpd charts uh like that later in, in a flower and uh and so like you know it's kind of like you kind of take it with you know you know take what you want from it and whatnot but i usually run everything at like 80 and like the humidity is always going to be like between 50 and 60 and that's that's it cool and what's your kind of basic outlay for your dry and cure process because i find this is an area people are always kind of looking to learn more about uh, I, like honestly, it's uh, it's not it, it's really not that not that difficult in the sense where we, we pretty much uh, we we cut we we cut at the like the base of the stock, hang it on on, on a hanger, um, and have it in a climate controlled room uh, like a drying room, that's like going to be about sixty degrees. Uh, you know, you want to keep it a little bit colder just because uh, you, you like the cold tends to uh, to inhibit the, the growth of like mold and whatnot. And, um, and, uh, and like the humidity just like right around like, you know, 50, you know, basically like 50%, like 60 degrees and just let it do its thing for, you know, two weeks. And then, uh, from there, everything gets trimmed up. And then from there, like we, like I designed this, the, this, uh, we call it like a can of cellar and, uh, and for our place in Oklahoma with, uh, where we have like the cure tubes. So from, you know, we're not throwing them in like turkey bags directly after we like uh like after everything gets trimmed we're literally we're throwing them in the in the, in the tubes and from there they can kind of cure like uh, you know as long as we want until the product actually gets uh gets 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 uh get, gets bought by the by, by the uh, distributors and do you feel that'll be the future for a lot of brands getting out of the old turkey bags i mean i i don't like the idea of um of uh of like you know just trimming your, your, you know, your, your buds and just throwing them in a turkey bag. Like it's like, uh, you're gonna, I mean, you can literally see the trichomes getting, you know, like, um, like sticking to the actual turkey bag. If you, if you've opened, opened up a turkey bag, like, you know, at, at, like after everything's been trimmed and, and, you know, like thrown, thrown in the bag. Um, so, you know, I, I just, I just don't like the idea of it. You know, you're going to smash trichomes and things like that. I mean, it's at the end of the day, it's just, you know, like it's just a matter of doing things like as, as best as we can. So, 
um, you know, like I, I like, I, I love the idea of having that, uh, that, that can of cellar and, you know, like pretty much taking everything from being trimmed and not throwing it in a bunch of turkey bags and, you know, throwing them into the, the cure tubes and letting them cure in there from there, you know? Yeah, definitely. So just to kind of jump to a different topic, I forgot to ask you earlier, between the dosi dough and the mendo breath, which one do you like more? Uh, honestly, like I like them both. They, they, it's uh, I, I would say the dosi dose is probably going to be like a little bit more indica dominant, but uh, the mendo breath is like you know, like if you're going to run it outdoors, like the dosi dose is very, I feel like, uh, like it's very reminiscent of, uh, of of like more of an OG. The mendo breath though, just like stacks. Like if you, I mean, I have homies that they'll pull down like 10, 12 pounds off of like one single plant uh, outdoors, um, and with the dosi dose, it's going to be pretty tough to do that uh i mean it's like i'm it's probably doable but like it's it takes less effort to do with the mendo breath and uh and like i mean yeah i like they they both have their own like you know place in um as far as like what what i you know what i like them for or whatnot but i think um you know the mendo breath definitely will yield a lot more for you i just think that the if you're looking more for indica effect your uh, the dosios is probably going to be your best bet yeah okay so often when we talk about OGs and chem dogs and things breeding, I often talk to guests about what pairs well, generally speaking. In your mind, do you feel as though there's something which, generally speaking, pairs well with cookies? Uh, there's, there's nothing that I like necessarily prefer. There's certain like uh, cookies crosses that I, I definitely ha- have like been impressed by and whatnot, but... I mean, I like, you know, when you take two things, it's, I mean, for me, it's just very interesting to like pretty much see what comes about from, you know, from the cookies. Like, the, I mean, the dosi dose is basically like a remade cookies, um, which is, you know, like, uh, you know, like as far as that, when it's the dosi dose cross the Skittles, I forget what the actual name um, of, the, uh, of the, of the strain was that I, I want to say Fletcher made. Moonbow. Uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. Moonbow. Exactly. That's uh, so, yeah, like it's, it's, it's definitely, um, I mean, you know, like, when you take two like really good things, you usually will come out with something pretty damn good. <laughs> so, uh, but they're like, you know, like I, like I'm, I'm still like experimenting with that as far as like the, you know, breeding like, um, uh, things with the OG KB, especially and uh, like stuff like that. I have like certain projects that I I'm looking forward to like down the line, but it's going to be a little while before we, before I get there. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, let's talk a little more collaborative stuff. What's your affiliation with Cult Classics? They seem to use a lot of your stuff. Uh, I mean, I uh, like, I mean, Marcus is basically like someone that was introduced to me, and um, you know, like we like, I like say it's kind of the same thing as far as like everything else that I, like that I've done. I, I gave him the cut, and uh, and you know, like he he bred it to like a like you know um, a bunch of like whatever like males that he had and whatnot. I just kind of let him do his thing. And, um, it's, you know, like whatever, like, like, uh, I, I, unfortunately, like, I don't, I don't really hear too much about his company at this point, but, um, but you know, like, uh, like there was certain things that came out of like those breeding projects that were like pretty, like very, like very promising. So, yeah, I, I remember that ultra violence thing he did was pretty popular. Yeah. That the cement shoes, um, you know, like. There was definitely a lot, a lot of promising stuff that came out of uh, out of those breeding projects, and you know, like I was, uh, like for me, it's, at the end of the day, it's just it's it's very uh, like it's exciting to see what comes out of these crosses and th- these these pollinations and whatnot. 
Definitely. So someone we've spoken about a few times already have always be flowering. You mentioned he's a good friend. I guess the question is, do you have any collaborations in mind or do you think that it'll happen in the future? Oh, well, yeah. With, um, I mean, I'm, I'm always like uh, like t- eager to work with him regardless. Like I respect the shit out of him. Um, uh, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, he has the OGKB. I, I gave him the, the, the cut. Uh, he, you know, he's free to pretty much work with it like however he wants. So like I, like I said, at the end of the day, like I trust his judgment as far as what he's going to do with it. And uh, I'm, I'm, same thing, like I'm excited to see what, what would come about from, from that whole, you know, that whole situation. So if someone wanted to get their hands on some of your work, what would be the way to do it? Even if it's in the future, you know, what do you think would be the best way for them to get it through a seed bank or maybe through a clone bank? Uh, I mean, like I, I, like I said, that's why I kind of let other people handle that, that whole situation. Um, like I couldn't tell you, I honestly, I've, I've had multiple offers for like all sorts of stuff where people are, you know, they, they, they want to carry like, uh, you know, like whatever, like the, the, you know, the crosses I make and whatever. But I, at the end of the day, that's not really like, I would say it's not my specialty, but it's just more of I like, I'd rather leave that up to like somebody else and have them take care of that, and, you know, just uh, like, you know, work with somebody else and, you know, do like the collaborations and have them, uh, you know, take care of all that, you know, as far as like, uh, facilitate like, you know, the liquidation of all of like the seeds and all that other stuff. What I'm sensing here is that you're actually giving a message to all the pollen chuckers out there being like, guys, making the seeds isn't the hard part. It's the other bit I don't want to be involved with. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I mean, it's, I mean, selection goes a long ways. That's what takes the longest time, you know, but, uh, but like, yeah, for me, it's just, it's just more of, uh, like, I, I like working with people and, um, and like, uh, like, you know, like seeing what, like, like I said, it's exciting at the end of the day to see what can come about from, from the work and the collaborations that can be done. That's really like, uh, like, you know, a lot of people are very, they want to keep everything in house and, and, uh, not work with other people like this industry is very ego driven. And, um, and I, I think that's kind of what will hold some people back at the end of the day. And so, like I said, I'm, I'm like, you know, like I decide at the end of the day, like I think just kind of everybody eats. So. Whatever, if we can all help each other out, let's make it happen, you know? Certainly. So you mentioned people contacting you about stocking your things. And even earlier in this episode, you, you mentioned Dark Heart Nursery. They're a notable um, nursery that definitely sells a lot of the Mendo Breath clones. Do you feel, like, honored by that? Do you, like, How do you feel when there's places stocking kind of your work directly or indirectly? Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, like, like I said, if, if you know... Um, you know, the line- like not necessarily like the lineage of like, of the genetics, but like, you know, a lot of the times all that stuff is kind of associated with me anyways. So I mean, in a sense, yeah, ki- like kind of honored, but at the end of the day too, like they, like I said, when I released the, uh, the, the, the clones, the dosidos and the Mendo breath, um, they were some of the first people to literally line up to like grab them. They paid for them. They can do whatever they want with it at that point. You know, I'm not, it's, uh, like, you know, I can't hate on, on, uh, on them at the end of the day. Like it's, it's, uh, like all the, all the you know the the notoriety that comes along with those strains kind of if if you know where they came from they're it's gonna come back to me anyway so at the end of the day like I said before like I'm, I'm more than happy for them doing their thing they actually just uh, identified like the hop uh, I think it was like the hop latent viroid um, issue with like plants and whatnot like you know like they uh, the dotting yeah the, exactly like when we yeah years ago when we were um, when we were growing, it was that, that's pretty much what we called it, was dudding. But they actually were able to lock it down and 
you know, like um, identify it. So, you know, I respect that. That's cool as fuck because it probably didn't cost them. It probably cost them a lot of a lot of money to uh, to retain the people to actually you know do the work to figure that out. So whatever. Yeah, no, that's cool. So I'd love to get your opinion on this situation. Then, how do you feel when people like? I guess kind of do what Gromer did, you know, grab someone's strains and like just F2 it and sell it or just run with it. Does that fit into your same philosophy where like, you know, you're not really going to hate just whatever or do you feel like at a certain point you draw a line? I mean, there's nothing you can do. So like why well, like why lose sleep over it, you know? Like it's uh, at the end of the day, it's like if, uh, if, uh, if I can, in a sense, I feel like I helped somebody out, you know, and um, – if you want to utilize like my work to like further yourself, fucking that's great. Uh, when when people want to um, to like you know like if, I mean if someone wants to mouth off and and uh, and uh, and like you know like like uh, you know like I said like with him I literally hit him up and I was like yo I, I, I wanted to get a pack of like peanut butter bread and he sent me like twenty five packs of seeds like I, I I respect that you know he doesn't owe me shit um, so at the end of the day like I, I respect his work he's done good work based off of my stuff but that's kind of just like that's kind of what you know par for the course as far as what comes with the territory you know and you can't you can't control that so um you know like at the end of the day uh i mean if he was a dick and was like you know like like you know like wanted to like you know like talk shit to me about you know whatever when i asked him for some seeds then that's a different story but he was cool he fucking you know i i uh i respect that so great so i just really yeah, I just realized I hadn't actually asked you what was the story with Gage Green? How did that end? Um, it, it was just it, so. I mean, it was just more of um, like, like that was like I said, me, like me and Fletcher, like people want to think that like uh, they're you know think like I got rich off of uh, the whole dosidos like situation or whatever. But like our original agreement was basically to make the cross and split the seeds, and that that was it. Like so, you know, I, I respect the shit out of Fletcher. Um, and you know like he's he's a good friend of mine um and i'm I'm very like uh you know i'm I'm very happy for him and like his like success as far as like like the you know the 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 sea lines that he's running like now not based off the dosidos like all that shit um with them i we actually had a contract where there was like a like you know like i was supposed to get compensated for you know the seeds that were sold and things just got kind of like convoluted and uh didn't necessarily work out the way they were supposed to um i mean i I, like i i know uh like i guess like key play and uh and mike and um and uh like you know like we're cool i'm not like there's no bad blood it's just more of like they they, you know like they i mean they they definitively like defaulted on our agreement put it that way so but at the end of the day there's not much you know else you know you can do this is not an industry where like i can have my lawyer contact you and uh and sue you for you know whatever so yeah okay and do you think that more contract-based collaborative project will be the way going forward or do you hope not oh yeah i mean no like like everything i do like even like with with compound like uh like you know our our agreement was like i want to say like 30 pages or something you know like my lawyer put it all together um and, and you know that's i mean at the end of the day it's it's uh it, i mean it's 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 uh like it, it's it's just it's just tough the industry is very it's not very like uh mature in the sense where you can actually like uh exercise these rights but at the end of the day too it's like i just i'm i just feel like 
it like i'm over the whole like handshake shit and you know like uh like those sort of agreements like if everything's written down on paper and at the end of the day uh like someone defaults on it um you know then it's like you know like it's like it's 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 clear as day as far as like it's it's you know it's all written down there this is what we agreed on and that's pretty much it so yeah okay so you mentioned earlier that um we bumped into each other at the emerald cup what's your feelings on the emerald cup and on the cups in general how do you feel the general vibe of them is going uh i mean what's ironic is actually like a lot of people they 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 consider the emerald cup as as like being like a very like i guess like a like a, a custy um uh expo or whatever and and like this year was actually the first year where people were actually kind of more um they, they responded to to like going to the emerald cup and because uh, like everything else actually like high times all those all those other shows are just like you know they're 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 garbage you know so um i mean you know i, I like i like it i don't like the idea that it's only uh for outdoor growers and uh like you know things like that but whatever i mean like i i have fun you know attending those things uh uh seeing meeting people like you and you know like conversing with people that um that you know like that are like very prominent with the industry you know so it's um it's uh it's yeah it's like i just at the end of the day i like having like even like mj bizcon like i don't go there for the like actual conference it's like i go there to have you know see every like all of our homies under one roof and literally just you know like converse with them at you know it's nice to have everybody under one roof and and uh be able to to you know converse with them and uh you know talk business yeah of course and uh i was also lucky enough to bump into at the counter illuminati party the thing to me which stands out about the counter illuminati party and also things like the ego clash is that we're seeing the rise of these kind of more smaller boutique events because some people are losing a bit of faith in the bigger ones do you like that or what do you how do you feel about the smaller more boutique ones oh i mean at the end of the day like it's uh i mean if there's i always i always uh I, like I always like to see like what people have to offer at, at these sort of events and whatnot, you know, like there's a, uh, you know, so like the, the, I mean the bigger ones are, di- you know, I would say they're definitely a little bit more uh, like watered down. And so it's nice to have like, see the up and coming people that are like, you know, literally like trying to like make moves in the industry and that are like, you know, doing like really good work. Cause that's really where you're going to see it at most of the time, you know, um, as far as like the up and comers, like, you know, at the, I like the bigger events, you're going to see the people that are probably a little bit more established, which is, is dope as well. But, you know, it's like, you know, there's always, be, like I said, something new coming up and like, you know, like it's, it's, it's always interesting to see what other people have to offer, you know, especially the underdogs. So one of the last things I wanted to ask you about before we get into the quick fire questions is the concentrate takeover. We haven't heard so much news about it recently, but for the longest time, you know, the rise of the vape pens, the issues with them, the way it's, you know, kind of taking over the market, the casual consumer just totally just having an insatiable appetite for it. Where do you sit on the concentrates taking over the market debate? Uh, I mean, it's, it's uh, like, uh, like I, I, I don't mind like a, like a, like a nice, like a, like dab, especially if it's like, you know, like if it's ice wax or, you know, like a, like sauce or rosin, you know, if it's a good product, like, you know, uh, I'd like, I definitely like enjoy it and whatnot, but you know, as far as like the pens and all that stuff, it's, I just feel like it's, it's more of a matter of, um, accessibility and like, uh, like, uh, being very like, like inconspicuous as far as, 
you know that's why they're it's it's a lot of it's very popular in like other other states that may not be so uh so privy to like you know like legalization and like things like that so it's um but at the end of the day like it, it does suck that there was a whole issue with the the vape cartridges that you know were all tainted and um and you know like people were getting sick from them and things like that so it's uh like you know but i like i good concentrates are like you know they're, they're good like at the end of the day like really like it's it's uh it's i think it's a lot more healthier uh you know than actually like smoking uh like like flowers and whatnot because uh you're smoking you know at least you're smoking you know thc like the majority of it's gonna be thc as a for as opposed to like a bunch of foliage that you know like you roll up and you smoke but i still like smoking like weed you know that that's that i'm just kind of old school like that yeah 100 percent. so let's jump into our last quick fire questions so first one indica or sativa which one for you uh, I mean, it's, uh, it's like it, it, like everything has its place. I feel like it's, uh, like I can't, I can't necessarily tell you I prefer one over the other. There's certain sativas that are going to be like panic attack inducing. And, uh, there's also like a, like, you know, certain indicators are good if you're going to try to go to sleep, but, but, uh, like, you know, and especially at this point too, like nowadays, I mean, everything's been hybridized. So it's, uh, it's, it's kind of, you know, tough to say exactly like what I, what I would prefer in a sense, but everything has its, you know, it's time and its place. As far as if I, if I wake up, uh, I'm not going to want to take a dab or, uh, or, uh, or, you know, smoke a joint of like some heavy indica, uh, you know, obviously like a sativa probably better to get my day going. Um, but at the end of, like, at the end of the day, if I'm trying to go to sleep or something, yeah, like an indica is probably going to be your, you know, your, you know, your best bet. But at the end of the day, like I could say too, it's, uh, a lot of it's just very, just very subjective. You know, it's just all like, Everything has a time and a place and you just got to, you know, figure out what works for you. Yeah, I agree. So, flower or concentrate? I mean, honestly, like, I, I, I like flower. Like, I feel like the concentrate game is um, is so new that, like, we don't we don't know the negative repercussions of, uh, of like, like, even with the whole thing with the cartridges as far as, like, smoking concentrates and stuff. There are certain, uh, there are certain ones that are definitely more pure than others, but... But uh, like yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm super old school in the sense that I like I like smoking flour. You know, I mean? uh, I've I've had the conversation with a few people before where it's like I said, it's it's just everything. Like certain things are just so new that we don't know what's gonna you know like we won't know exactly how it affects people and as far as their health until probably like 20 or 30 years down the road. You know, so if you're smoking cartridges like all day, and um. And, you know, like, like, you know, people have been smoking weed, you know, flowers for forever at this point. But, uh, we, like, we'll know more or less, you know, the, the, the consequences of, of smoking, you know, other, other things like it's like, you know, butane extracted, uh, concentrates, uh, cartridges, all that stuff. It's we, like I said, we won't know until, you know, like I said, it's going to be years before we figure out like what exactly what, um, like how, like how it affects people and like their immune systems and whatnot. Yeah. For sure. So, out of the following three strains, you have to pick one to smoke. Which one is it? Mac, GMO, or Skittles? Uh, I mean, I mean, you can't really go wrong with either of those. I mean, I, I would, I would probably say uh, the the Skittles. Really, like the Mac to be to be honest, with you, like reminds me a lot like of like kind of like a Bubba, um, but it's 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 a very good strain. Don't get me wrong. Um, and I, I tend to like more of the fruity stuff to be honest. With you. Um, so like yeah, like Skittles is definitely you know I'll, 
probably uh, the GMO is good. It's it's definitely super gassy. Um, uh, I think I just have like a, some sort of affinity as far as like not wanting to smoke it just because really like it takes so long to finish because it's a longer like flowering strain. Yeah, definitely. That's just a personal thing, you know. But uh, like yeah, like Skittles, I like I, I like yeah, I I like yeah, I definitely like. I was definitely impressed with the Skittles when I when I saw it for the first time. When you saw it or when you tasted it? I mean both, but I'm, I'm saying as far as like when it like literally when I when I actually saw the real deal, you know. So yeah, okay, cool. So out of all the weed you've smoked ever, what's been the most memorable? Uh, I mean, like like I said, there's that that pepperfino of the Romulan, and then there's um uh uh the like like the blueberry headband that I like that I crossed the OGKB. Um, like there's like a certain, actually like I saw like a, what was it like? I think it was a, like a blue diesel when I was actually in Illinois. Um, and I was actually pretty impressed with it. Like the, it was like super frosty and I, I didn't get to smoke it though. But as far as like, you know, looks wise and like, uh, like, you know, like the, like terpenes and all that, it was definitely, uh, it was, I was pretty impressed with it. So, but uh, but for me, like it, like the one of the most memorable memorable strains realistically is going to be, like so. There's like the DJ. Like I, I'm just very, very like uh like, very um. I, I like a lot of the blueberry strains, put it that way. You know? So like like the DJ short blueberry that I had in like Amsterdam, like was it's very nostalgic to me. Um, uh, like the blueberry headband that I've had it like I've only had it like a few times. It was very like yeah like it was, it was uh it, it definitely stood out. So, so on the other hand, what was a strain which really kind of took off with other people, but you were just like, man, I don't get it. This is trash. Like I said, like everything kind of has its uh, <laughs> its place as far as like uh, like for smoking. There's people that are going to talk shit about, like said, Blue Dream, Purple Punch, um, you know, Green Crack. Um, like I, 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 at the end of the day, I'm actually like pretty grateful to have the selection we have nowadays because what you know, what I smoked, uh, you know, 15 years ago or whatever was, you know, a lot of the stuff was just garbage. So it's, uh, like, you know, like there's, I mean, like, yeah, I've definitely, like, I mean, I've, I've, I've smoked out of fucking, out of like, uh, aluminum cans and stuff like that, where it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, like, um, taste is kind of irrelevant at that point, but, uh, like, you know, like, like I've definitely had my fair share of, smoking like a lot you know a lot of bullshit really like that's that's you know most people that used to smoke back in the days like you know they they uh like yeah (laughs) there was definitely a lot of stuff that was going around that was you know just uh like not not like what we have the selection of today yeah thank god we are where we're at now so lucky last question if you could go back in time any place anywhere in history Presumably to grab seeds or maybe a clone. Where would you want to go, and what would you grab? Uh, I mean, there's. Uh, I mean, it's, it's always nice to have land race genetics. Um, it's. I mean, but at the end of the day, it just depends on what what you want. Like, I know that, like, you know, like, like, a, like a to go to Africa and get like some, like, you know, some German poison seeds. Um, you know, like a, any of those land races, like that, like the Hindu Kush, uh, like things like that that are you know like you don't you don't see that anymore but um like to be able to go like go and like acquire those genetics would be pretty dope um i like you know at the end of the day though we actually have a really good selection here in california 
just not a like it's uh, like obviously not everything's going to be like a land race genetics coming from like you know like south america or like africa or you know um like the middle east and whatnot so it's uh it's it's hard to say actually like what i would actually want to uh like what's on my on my uh my hit list as far as like what i want to like what i want to acquire yeah there's certainly a lot of choices in there well with that being said do you have any shout outs or comments you'd like to make uh, i mean i mean not really man just you know fucking uh i'm grateful for like everybody that you know like uh that uh, you know has worked with me like i got a lot of like you gotta weed through the bullshit to get to the the real people sometimes and you know I'm very grateful to have uh, access to like you know like uh knowing a lot of people that are very prominent with the industry and and uh and that like i respect a lot like you know i have my my crew out in like oklahoma city that they they you know they stay crushing it um uh you know like i said like like ivan from jungle boys lump status my boy frost boss brian uh unknown prophet uh my homie uh like garris that helps me out over here he's my homie he's, he's he holds it down when i'm when i'm gone all the goddamn time he watches my dog and stuff for me you know what i mean um and uh you know like it's you know just i'm just very grateful and blessed to be able to uh be associated with like a lot of these people and uh and be able to like absorb their knowledge and you know share like share what we've learned within the industry within over the course of the last like 15 20 years yeah what a lovely sentiment so you know thank you so much norcal ic mag for coming on the show setting the record straight and laying down all the cookie knowledge we're really excited to see your future projects yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm excited for, you know, you guys, uh, you know, like, see, uh, like, you know, all the... Unfortunately, the last sentence got cut off there, guys. Sorry about that. So, there you have it. That was a good episode. Some really, really, really good knowledge about some strains. I love in that one. As always, big shout-out to our sponsors, Seeds Here Now, Radio Ridge, Organic Gardening Solutions, Top Shelf Seed Bank, and of course the Patreon gang. We love you, the lifeblood of the show. Thank you so much, guys. Please go check out the Patreon if you want to help support the show and get some additional content and access to early episodes. As always, my friends, I will see you in the next one. Thanks for stopping by. We'll see you.